Hello and welcome to the Praise Center Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, visit PraiseCenterOnline.com. James chapter 5, verse 7. And we're going to use this passage as a launching point to talk about a subject today, but it addresses the subject very well and it helps us to get rolling good. So if you're there, we're going to start reading. I'm reading from the NIV today. You're familiar with these words, no doubt, but James says this in James 5, 7, be patient then, that's a good start, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too, be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. For a few moments today, I just want to talk about, and I want to preach to myself if you don't mind, and if you want to stay and listen, that's fine, but I need to hear this today, I really, really do, but my title today is Wait For It. No, I mean, that isn't, I'm not saying wait for the sermon, that's actually the title. <laughs> so, so let's pray. <laughs> okay, Lord, we thank you for your word, we thank you for what James wrote here, and how just in reading it, God, our hearts are already moved to think about where we can be more patient, where we can persevere more, where we need to just wait on you. And so, Lord, as we get through this, I just pray if there's any of us that are, are rushing too much and we're just too busy about other things than we need to be about, that you would, and, and Lord, if we're having trouble waiting on you and waiting on the things that you have for us, that today, through this message, God, that you would speak to every heart that's here and those who listen online. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. amen. So, so I'm, I, I already confessed uh, that I'm preaching to myself today, and as I was even studying for this message and writing it all out, and uh, I was thinking, man, I'm so convicted right now. Is there anybody here besides me that has a little bit of trouble, or maybe a lot of trouble, with waiting? Just be real. Okay, all right. Several people. Good. I'm glad I'm not alone because I would have felt bad. But uh, so uh, the other day... Um, I'm in Bymart, which is a, like a department store over on the east side, if you're not familiar with it. But anyway, some people just don't ever go over to East Wenatchee, you know, I don't know. It's like, just Wenatchee. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, anyway, so I'm at Bymart the other day, and I, I needed a can of bug spray to get some ants that were invading our home awful things. But anyway, so I'm, I, get, I go get, get a can. I'm, I'm kind of in a hurry. I got a lot to do. So I'm walking through the store pretty fast and I come up and I'm, you know how you do, you look at all the lines and you see, and I saw this one guy there. He didn't have much in his cart, but this other lady had a bunch of stuff. And anyway, I just figured this guy's, I, and I just, I don't know, you know, this always happens to me. I don't know why. So I get behind this guy and, um, and man, it's like the whole world just suddenly slowed way down. And I don't know what it was, but this guy was just super slow. And so he had, you know, he had stuff in his cart, and he'd pull one thing at a time. The first thing he pulled out was a, a fishing pole that he was buying. It was pretty long, and it was in two pieces. And so he sets that up on the, on the thing, and she scans it, and she's having trouble scanning it, of course. And so, you know, and so she scans it, and then he, he, he gets it, and she's starting to hand it back to him, and she goes do you have a rubber band? And she goes, oh, let me see. So suddenly everything stops again. She reaches, she finds a rubber band, and she wraps it around it. But then she looks at it, and she thinks, well, I'll probably need a rubber band for the other end. So she goes back to searching, finds another. I'm like losing my mind at this point. So, so anyway, she, she gets after it. She finally gets it all done. 
Then she goes back to scanning the other items. And it was just, honestly, it just, maybe it was just me, but it just felt like she was super slow. I mean, and she'd run that thing across that thing, and, and nothing would happen, and she'd turn it and you know, twist it, and finally it would scan. I'm like, oh, and I'm looking back, and I'm thinking, no, that line's got two people in it now, and this will be all right, this will be all right. So I'm, I'm just waiting, I'm waiting, I'm going crazy. And so finally, she's all done doing things, and she just kind of stands there and stares off into space because he's already put his card in the thing. And then it just, nothing's happening. I don't know how long passed. It just seemed like an eternity for me. But all of a sudden, she comes out of the haze that she's in. She turns around and says, oh, you have to sign it. You know, this has been going for like a long time. And so he signed. I'm like, ah, I just wanted to scream. I have one can of bug spray here. Come on. And so... So for sure, the guy finally signs it, and she prints the receipt, and she hands it to him, and, he's, and, he, and all this time, he's not been putting the stuff in his cart, so now he's just barely putting stuff in his cart. I'm going crazy. I get up there, and I'm thinking, this is going to, and here's how I think. I'm like, I got the, the UPC code facing her. Does anybody else do that besides me, or am I the only one that gets crazy like this? So I put the UPC code facing her, thinking, you know, this is going to expedite things, and as soon as I step up, don't you know she flips the top up on her register and has to change the roll? Now, there was plenty, I saw it, there was plenty of paper in there to handle my receipt. One item. But no, she had to change it right then and there. I just about went crazy in that moment. God help me. I really need a lot of help. I figure God is really, the frequency with which this kind of thing happens to me really shows me that God is telling me, you really need to, to settle down, son, and get patient about things. And I'm pretty sure that's what it was all about. But uh, patience is a hard, I just, you know, I, I want God to teach me patience, but I want it right now. I'm like, hurry up, God, please. When I was a boy, um, we had to wait for things a lot more than we do today. For instance, if I wanted uh, hot buttered popcorn, the process involved me getting a saucepan out of the, the thing and setting it on a stove and pouring a little oil in there and pouring a bit of popcorn kernels in there, turning the heat on, and then for eternity I would just shake that pan on the stove because my mom said don't ever stop shaking it or it'll burn and I didn't want burnt popcorn so here I am like six seven years old and I'm making my own popcorn shaking that thing on the stove and 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 man you just waited forever and forever and ever for that that finally you'd hear a little bit of sizzling in the pan and then then finally you'd hear pop pop you know yeah yeah this is gonna be great and it's just popping it's going great and uh, when they invented Jiffy Pop, I just was, <laughs> this is great. But I still had to shake that thing. It's a wonder I'm not really buff uh, from all the shaking of pants. So, so I had to, you know, and that's, that's how it went. The whole, and then so, and now, if you wanted butter on that too, you had to get a second saucepan, put a little bit of butter in there, and warm that till it got melted and pour that over your popcorn. And when I'm all done, I've got two pans now that I have to clean up. So making popcorn as a child was like, like, you should go, oh, I feel sorry for me. That was awful to have to go through that. You know, today you throw that bag in the microwave, you hit, and it comes out, it's hot, it's buttered, it's already in a bag that you get to throw away when you're done. It's the easiest thing. This, life has changed a lot in 60 years since I, well, I wasn't, 53 years since I started making popcorn. Let's say that, okay. But you, but you hear what I'm saying. It's like, it just... Our society, things just are speeding up. They're just going so much faster. And I think our expectations are following that. Do you agree? They're like we're, we're expecting everything instantaneous. We, we live in a, in a society that I think is obsessed with the, the instantaneous. We expect things to happen immediately. We don't know something, so what do we do? We, the first thing, I, and I heard it like a bunch of times this week, people would say, just Google it. You don't know something? Google it. And like you're going to have an answer in a few seconds here. You just Google it. It's, everything's quick. 
Just, or you could just ask Siri or ask Alexa if you want people listening to everything you say in your house. You can have an, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so anyway, I'm a little bit worried about that. I don't, not that I say bad stuff in my house, but I just don't like the idea that something's always listening to me because it's bad enough my wife is always listening to what I said and I say things I shouldn't say. So anyway, uh, but okay, so you, you're with me. Like when I was a kid, if you didn't know something, you, you hoped that your parents had bought one of those $800 encyclopedias, but if they didn't, you had to go to the, the library and actually take out books and do research and, and find things. I mean, it took forever to get answers, and we're getting answers just like that. When I was a kid, if I wanted to communicate with someone across the country, there was basically one idea that was called write a letter. I know some of you people are going like, I don't know what that is. Or some of you think, oh, I have a vague, distant memory of ever doing that before. But, but we actually wrote down with, with paper and ink and put it in something called an envelope and put a stamp on it. And, and we put it in a mailbox. And then it took days to cross the country. And, and then you just waited. And every day you checked the mailbox hoping that you get an answer. But it was usually a week or two before if they were nice, they would write back to you. If they weren't, you just kept checking the mailbox with a big sad look on your face all the time wondering, why? I don't hear anything. Believe it or not, when I was a kid, we actually did have telephones. It's true. But here's how it went. If you're, and I had a dial, like a rotary dial. What is that? So a rotary dial, you take it and you'd have to, you hated phone numbers that had zeros in them. I mean, it took forever. It's like, you'd, so it took forever just to dial a number. But you'd dial a number, and if they weren't home when I was a kid, listen, kids, I know this is crazy, but you, you'd listen, and nobody would answer, and that was it. You'd just hang up the phone. What? No, they hadn't even invented recording machines yet that would record a message. There was no voicemail. That stuff didn't exist. I'm saying you just had to, you just had to live with the disappointment of not reaching the person you wanted to talk to. Figure I'll call later, I guess. I'm just talking about in general, things have changed even in my lifetime. You think about even 100 years ago, traveling, um, cooking, heating your home. All these things required far more patience than we have in today's society. Everything's happening so fast. Seven or eight Decades ago, if you wanted fast food, you were probably eating something that was raw. <laughs> right? Does that make sense? I mean, you just didn't go and have somebody, you couldn't, there were no drive throughs yeah, It's just like, think about all the stuff that's going on. So, so with all that in mind, and, and, and what James is telling us is that we all need, and I think if we ever needed it, and I love that he says, be patient, and he mentions the coming of the Lord, because we're so close, I believe, to the coming of the Lord. We are living in the end days, and so with that in mind, I think James, all the more, what he's telling us in this passage is relevant to our lives in a way that is beyond what I think we've ever dreamed before. And if any group of people on the, on the planet ever in history have needed patience, it's this, this generation, us. We need to slow down. We need to wait for it. And he uses Job as an example uh, and, and which is very interesting because you think about Job and, and the, the fact that everything went bad for him. But then, you know, we don't know how long the period of time was, but he didn't curse God. He waited patiently for God. He, you know, he had some questions for God and things like that. And uh, he said some things maybe he shouldn't have said along the way, but he never cursed God in anything he did. But we were just down at a, Rich and I were down at a conference and the guy was talking about Job and he said, or uh, the gal who was leading the presentation talked about Job. Do you know that, and this is very interesting to think about, because picture yourself in the place of Job, and then uh, these three guys that are supposedly his friends show up, right? And they sit around in a circle with him, and because he looks so distraught, it, it, and it says it in the Bible that, 
that nobody said a word to him for seven days. Can you imagine sitting in a circle with one of your friends and seeing the, the terrible plight that he was in and just waiting seven days to even say something? Now, most of those guys, they should have waited seven years because they said stupid stuff to him. I mean, God at the end of the story says, who is this that darkens my counsel, right? Brace yourself and act like a man. I, I want to tell you what's really going on, Job. Don't, these friends of yours, they have bad counsel for you. Just listen to me. So, so they should have probably stayed quiet a lot longer, point taken. But uh, the point is, is that things were slower. He was patient. That, and, and that's what he's getting uh, honored for in this passage. You think about the Old Testament, and probably the, the greatest example of impatience, everybody's probably going to guess, is who? Who can you think of? Esau, right? Do you remember this guy's story? He's, he's the first son of, uh, of uh, J- uh, uh, Isaac and Rebekah, and he goes, he's a hunter, so he goes out hunting one day, and he didn't pack any power bars, no cliff bars, nothing. He didn't take anything with him, and he's out hunting and hunting, and he's so into hunting, he forgets to eat or anything, and he comes home, and, and, and Jacob's there, his younger brother, and Jacob's been working on a, a really good stew, the family recipe. He's got it all laid out, and it's delicious. The smell is filling the, the house, and so so Esau comes in and he says, give me some of that stew. I'm, I'm famished. I'm dying here. And so Jacob is a little bit of a uh, work in the system a little bit and is a deceiver. And he says, listen, you sell me your birthright and I'll, I'll give you a pot of this stew. I'll give you this stew to eat. And he goes, what difference does it make if I have a birthright? I'm going to die. Well, how many know Esau wasn't going to die? But isn't that how impatient people are? That's how I am in, in Bymart. I think, ah, oh, I'm going to die if they don't hurry up and move. I got this one can. I just want to buy it. And I'm losing my mind over nothing. In the big grand scheme of things, it means absolutely nothing, does it? So Esau, he, he, he says, sure, I'll sell my birthright. Well, you think, well, what's a birthright and who cares? Well, here's like one of the major things a birthright meant. It was, first of all, it was a position of honor in the family. But one of the biggest things it meant is when you had children in the Old Testament, the sons always got the inheritance. Sorry, ladies, that's just the way it was. But Rhonda's scripture earlier, it includes all the ladies because it's you're adopted as sons. Everybody's adopted as sons into the family of God. And that means all the ladies get the inheritance too. That's a wonderful thing. In the New Testament, there's neither Jew nor Greek, male nor female, uh, slave nor free. So, uh, but in the Old Testament, the, the tradition was the sons would get the inheritance. They'd split it up. But if you had three sons, let's say, the, the first son would get double, so it was, it was as if you had four children, and you gave two portions to the firstborn, and a portion, and a portion. And that's how it worked. So Esau was giving up a great amount of wealth in the future, and inheritance, and a lot he was giving up. But especially the honor of being the firstborn, he was giving over to his younger brother. And all for what? A pot of stew? A little pot of stew? You're going you're gonna to fill your stomach for a moment, and it's not going to last more than a couple of hours, and you're willing to give up so much? I mean, think it through. I know he didn't have a microwave oven. He couldn't throw a bag of popcorn in there or a meal, but, but how long would it have taken him to at least had something to fill his stomach if he had just been a little bit patient? You say, well, that's a, that's a nice old story from the Bible, and I would never do that. Oh, really? Well, let me give you some modern examples to ask if maybe uh, this isn't as ridiculous as it seems. Let me talk about two examples. Let me talk about money. Is that okay? If I step on your toe, I'm sorry, pull them back a little bit as I walk through the aisles. But, but let's talk about money. I think uh, people, and, and I've been this way at times in my life, but you get impatient about money and possessions. 
especially in a society where everything's drilling into our heads, bye, 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 now, now, now. There, there's techniques to make you think, if you don't buy this now, it's going to go away, you'll never have a chance again. How many have felt that feeling at one point or another? You think, I have to buy it now. You go crazy. And so we have this, this modern convenience, I suppose, called a credit card, or, and, and, and people just, it, it's like they're, they're running them through the machine so fast or they're melting and lighting on fire. I'm kidding, but, you know, just like there's so much friction from running through machine after machine. And, and uh, so this little card, you want something, you just put it in the slot, you don't worry about it. And purchases that we should have waited for or thought more about, we're not doing that. And after a while, if we really thought about it, man, I didn't really need that anyway. What, what was I thinking? And, and I used to, when our boys were little, we used to ask them, a lot of times they would say, hey, I want this Lego or I want this thing at the store. And they, they had allowance and they'd save up. And a lot of times I would, if I felt like this was just a very spur, they hadn't been thinking about it before, I'd ask them, will you just wait? And if, I'll tell you what, I'll bring you back to the store tomorrow. But if tomorrow you tell me you still want to spend your allowance on that, then we can do that because I really want you to be able to have that but let's just see if it's really something you... And it was amazing how often it was like when they got home and they saw all their other stuff, they went, wait, I, I don't really... I, I would rather spend it on something else. But in that spur of the moment, you think, I've got to have it. But my kids were... And your kids are no different than we are as, as adults. And I know this is true, be, and I don't mean to, you know, anybody in particular here. I'm sure you all handle your finances perfectly. But, um, but, you know, in America, the amount of debt that's on credit is, is astronomical per person. It's outrageous. And so, so we see an example. And, and Amazon, by the way, has tapped into this heart of man to have it now. And you can shop online for anything you want. And if you're a Prime member, you can have it delivered to you in two days. Or if you live in Seattle, you can have it delivered to you the same day. And pretty soon they're going to have drones delivering it within hours of you. I mean, I don't know how. If they invent a transporter beam, they'll probably materialize it in your, in your uh, living room the moment you order it. You'll be, yeah, this is the way I want to live. <laughs> You know, got to have it now. But think about the mentality that we have as we're just going for it. And I just want to say to us all, maybe we just need to wait for it. Let, let things happen in a slower pace and think about it a little bit. That's one example. Let me talk about another, which is sex. And um, there is a huge problem in the world, but in America for sure, with premarital sex. I think we don't talk about it much, but, but I've got to tell you, biblically, sex is reserved for marriage. And marriage, excuse me, between a man and a woman. That's what the Bible teaches. Now, I'm, not, I'm not making a political statement. I'm making a biblical statement. This is what the Bible teaches. But it is to wait for marriage. It's waiting for, and you think, well, why should we have to wait? Well, if for no other reason but be, because God says so. But I got to tell you, there is something wonderful about the wait. I always think it's humorous when people have been living together and then they act like their honeymoon night is a big deal. Like, why? That, it, it, there's a reason a honeymoon night was supposed to be a big deal. It's because you haven't been able to do that intimacy thing yet and you're, that's why that's a big deal. You understand? It's, it sort of takes away from it. But it's, I'm not just talking about, well, you, got, you, you know, it's almost like it's this thing, like, oh, you know, you've got to wait, and what a bummer. And No, it's not like that at all. Can I tell you that, that, and studies have proven this, that people who have premarital sex, live together especially before uh, being, being married, uh, on average, now, I'm not saying across the board because there's always exceptions, but on average have worse problems with money and credit, 
Think, well, why would that be? Because they're not patient in one area of their life, they're not going to be patient in another, right? But they also have more uh, incidence of divorce and worse marriages on average. Again, there's exceptions. And, and listen, this pastor isn't telling you you're doomed if you have done that or if you are doing that, but I'm saying it's always better to live by God's ways. And God says, wait. And there's a reason he says to wait, and he's not trying to kill our joy, but he's actually trying to make our joy better. Now, it's hard to gauge these things, but married couples who have waited uh, and remained virgins typically report a higher sexual satisfaction over their lifetime than those who don't. So, so these things matter. And again, there's always exceptions, but I'm saying it's important to wait. And, uh, and it's like Esau selling his birthright, we become enslaved, as the Bible says, by all kinds of passions and pleasures, and we need to wait. So what does waiting look like as we kind of turn a corner here? Uh, G. Campbell Morgan says this. He says, waiting, this is important. Just catch this about waiting here. It says, waiting for God is not laziness. That's important. He says, waiting for God is not going to sleep. Waiting for God is not the abandonment of effort. Here we go. Waiting for God means this. First, activity under command. And second, readiness for any new command that may come. And third, the ability to do nothing until the command is given. Did you catch all that? Let me do that last part again. It means three things. It is activity, so you're still doing things, but you're under command of God. So if God says, go here, go there, you're being patient, you're waiting. The second thing is readiness for any new command that would come, so you're waiting enough to listen to God. And third, the ability to absolutely do nothing if need be until a command is given. And, And ultimately, when we don't wait... It is God that we're not being patient with, not that thing. It's, not, it's God is telling, wait, be patient. By moving ahead in areas we shouldn't, uh, we're in effect saying, God, your plan for my life is way too slow. I need to accelerate things here. And, and can you imagine how stupid that really sounds, honestly, when we think that way? But that's how we treat God a lot of times. Man, come on, God, let's go. I'm a busy person i got bugs to kill. Don't you know? So, so don't let the fact that sometimes we have to wait cause us to doubt God's goodness at all. Or, or his desire, if you've been waiting on a healing that God wants to do in your life, as I've been waiting, don't, don't ever doubt his goodness in all that. Wait on the Lord. Don't ever doubt that God wants to bless you if you're not in a season of blessing right now. He wants to bless you. We hear a promise from God, and we want to we take that promise, shove it in the microwave, hit the, two button, the popcorn button, and just get my promise right now. But i got to tell you that a lot of times, God is going to take his time to reveal pro- promises in your life. Does that make sense? I, I've seen that too many times, but he is faithful, and he will do what he says he will do. You say, okay, okay I'm, I'm ready, God. Hurry up. <laughs> you know, I'm ready. But God is, God is like saying, no, listen, just, just put that thing in the crock pot and turn it on a slow cook for a while. We're going to take some time here. But there's something about the waiting that's powerful. So oftentimes we'll end up settling for a pot of stew when really God wants us to have filet mignon if we'll just hang on a minute, right? Wait for it. Wait for it. Hebrews 12, 1 through 2 says this. I want to talk about this word perseverance that was in our text today. This is what Hebrews 12 says. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses... Let us throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles. And he says, and let us run with perseverance. The word perseverance is very close to the word patience. Perseverance, staying the course, 
the race that's marked out for us. The word perseverance is, ta- is actually translated patience in a bunch of other uh, translations. King James, New Living Translation, uh, the uh, English Standard Version. Uh, they, they all would say patience instead of... So that's how close these words are related, that different translators see a different nuance there and they go one way or the other. But it, it has this passive idea to it, but it also has this, as I was quoting uh, G. Campbell Morgan, it has this active idea to it as well. There's active endurance. And we're running, right, with patience. We're running with patience. The word in the Greek is associated with the word hope. It refers to the quality of character which does not allow one to surrender to circumstances or succumb under trial. You're steady. You're hanging in there. You're not going to be moved. The Greeks had a a race in the Olympics, and uh, they had many different kinds of Olympic events, but this one really helps describe what we're talking about. This was a very unique game, and the winner was not the the one that crossed the finish line first, but it was the runner who finished because they would run with lit torches. It was the one who crossed the finish line with his torch still lit. Okay? You can, if you run at full speed, your torch no doubt is going to blow out. because So you've got to fit, pick a pace in life which is manageable but will keep the torch lit. And this is what God is speaking to us today. Keep your torch lit. Run with perseverance. You're running, but you're not running an all-out sprint to, to the point that you burn yourself out. Okay? The key to understand this is that we're running with patience not sitting on our rear ends with patience. Okay, that's good. One author writes this, Patience doesn't mean passivity or resignation, but power. It's an emotionally freeing practice of waiting, watching, and knowing when to act. I love that. If we, if we simply think that patience is, is passive and not active, we're going to miss an important lesson here. Patience is not, again, the lack of activity, but the steady activity of a person that won't give up. There's an old poem, I, maybe you've heard this before, I don't often read poems, but I'm going to read this one to you because I like it. Are you ready? It says, Two frogs fell in a can of cream, or so I've heard it told. The sides of the can were shiny and steep. The cream was deep and cold. Oh, what's the use, croaked number one? Tis fate, no helps around. Goodbye, my friend, goodbye, sad world. And weeping still, he drowned. But number two of sterner, sterner stuff, dog paddled in surprise. The while he wiped his creamy face and dried his creamy eyes. I'll swim a while at least, he said, or so I've heard, he said. It really wouldn't help the world if one more frog were dead. An hour or two he kicked and swam. Not once he stopped to mutter, but kicked and kicked and swam and kicked, then hopped out via butter. (laughs) This is it. Just don't give up. Patient endurance. Stick with the program. Stick with the plan of God. Don't give up on what He's done in your life. Enduring patience will result in us receiving God's plan and the will of God working out. Patience is also, if you will, intrinsically connected to love. It will speak uh, to how we treat others. Patience will. Uh, One thing I constantly regret in my life when I think about memories of the past that bother me is times I was impatient with my wife, impatient with my children. I tried not to be, but occasionally I was. And, and those are some of the roughest memories that I remember in my mind that I regret so deeply that I wish I'd have just been more patient in those moments. And, and I seem to regret those the most. The, the, it seems to me, and maybe, I don't know if you'd agree with this, but it seems to me that those who are closest to us get the least of our patience. 
And I think we just need to correct that. We got to be, you know, if, if we would treat the, the person at the grocery store or a stranger with, with patience, how much more should we treat those who have our back that are our family, right? You know, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the love chapter. But check this out. Love is patient. There it is, right? Love is kind, does not envy. I'm not going to read them all. But go all the way to the end of it. And what's the last thing that love is? What does it say? So bring up the next slide. Look at this. Here you have everything that love is, right? You have all that stuff in the middle. It's all important. It's all good. But on the bookends of the bookshelf, on the, those things holding the thing together, on one end is patience, and on the other end is perseverance. So don't tell me love isn't intrinsically connected to the idea of patience in our lives. You might say, well, how, how do I get, you got, you got me, you convinced me, Pastor, how do I get patience? I'm going to tell you right now. Are you ready? Are you excited? You say, man, I need patience and I need it now. Okay, <laughs> I've been waiting for it. Here's, here's a little clue. This is gonna, I think this will help you. I hope it does. Because this is often the answer to some of these questions that we have. Like, how do I do this? We always want to figure out, what do I do to make this happen? Here's, here's something to think about. Patience is a fruit of the Spirit, right? Familiar with that? I think in one version it says long-suffering, but it's the word patience. So in, after the big three, love, joy, peace, which are like the big fruit, then you've got this next one in line is this idea of patience getting top billing besides those three. Here's the deal about fruit. Fruit is a, a natural outworking of the Holy Spirit-filled and Holy Spirit-dominated life. If we're filled with the Spirit, okay, that's, this is the key. If we're filled with the Spirit, then patience as one of the fruit will exhibit itself in our lives. It's not something you have to work for or or trouble your mind over or think, oh, I really need to be more patient. God, help me. No, just be filled with the Spirit. And let fruit just, you know, again, apple trees are not sitting out in the orchard right now thinking, they're not straining. You don't hear them out there grunting, oh, it must produce apples. It's just the easiest thing in the world for them. They just, they just soak in the sun, they soak in the water, and, oh, look at all that fruit. That's amazing. And that's how it works with Spirit-filled people. We get filled with the Spirit, and fruit begins to materialize in our lives. Fruit, they don't strain for that. They just abide in the vine, so to speak, right? They, the branches just hang on to the trunk where all the life source is coming from. And by doing so, they just automatically produce fruit. The people of God who will just abide in Him and just wait on the Lord and be filled with the Spirit, all of a sudden you start noticing, wow, I am more patient. I do have more love. I have joy. I have peace. I have all the gifts of the Spirit or the fruit of the Spirit working out of my life. So, we here's, so here is the key. If you want to know what is the key, well, how do I get more patience? Just abide in Jesus. Just wait on the Lord. Just be close to Him and let the Spirit fill you. And then we'll find ourselves being fruitful with patience in our lives. Does that sound easy? Yeah. It, it is. Right? But, but let's be committed to it, right? Let's be people who every day wake up and say, fill me fresh with your Spirit today. Let me just, I just want to sit in the sunshine of your presence, Lord. There might be smoke in the Wenatchee Valley, but there is no smoke between me and you, and you are the light of the world. Just shine on me and produce fruit in my life. Sound good? Worship team, come on back up. As we finish this up, I want you to think about this truth, that God is patient with you and me. He's patient with us. And this is another thing. We need to be patient because God is patient. We want to be, we're made in his image and, and, uh, 
the, the, the Son of God lives in us by His Spirit, so we should be becoming more like Him as time goes on. And, and God is patient. I love in 1 Timothy 1.16, Paul writes, he says, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ might display His unlimited patience. Why? As an example for those who believe in Him and receive eternal life. And there's this connection between us learning to be patient people, displaying that fruit of patience in our lives, and people coming to Christ. And he's saying, this is what God did it in me. God was so patient with me. He had unlimited patience in me, but now it's being worked through me as well so that those around me can see that and receive eternal life. So I don't know about you, but that encourages me all the more. Lord, I need, I need extra patience. Help me, Lord, if my patience is going to be a light to someone else to show them the truth of the gospel, I want that to happen. As we talked about apple trees, and have you noticed this about trees? Here's, this might kind of be grotesque, but that they don't eat their own fruit. That would be just so weird. You know, can you picture an apple tree picking up an apple off the ground and eating its own fruit or something? That would just be weird. Right? But there's a point in that, and the reason I say that is this is it. The fruit that grows of our, in our lives, and especially of, in, a, in this case, patience, listen, is for the benefit of others. It's the others that come along and pick the fruit and enjoy the fruit. You know, can you picture a tree standing there and it's so proud of its fruit and sees someone coming into the orchard with a ladder and say, yeah, no, 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 don't pick my fruit. I like my fruit. Leave it where it is. That's not the purpose of the fruit, is it? So God's saying, you know, you know, he wants to produce fruit in us so that that fruit can be picked and help other people. He'll produce more. Don't worry about it. Right? This isn't the end of the line. There's still the flow of God coming through us and pouring through our lives. And if we're the planting of the Lord, we're going to produce fruit that allow others to come and mess with us sometimes and pick our fruit. And they might even cause us a little pain in the process. <laughs> But, but that's what God wants to do. And he wants to see people get saved through this. Our society is only ever going to speed up. you agree? It's just going to happen. Eating, travel, communication, everything except stoplights and checkout lines are going to get faster. <laughs> but we cannot allow society to creep in into our relationship with God. We must wait. Wait for it. Wait for it. I know you know this scripture as well. Isaiah 40, 31. Those who what? Wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings like eagles. And here's that running part again. We're running, but we're not weary. It's a good pace. We can handle it. Got the torch still lit. We're not going to faint. We're going to have strength from God, right? So whatever trial you're facing in your life today, we're going to pray in a moment. Let's, let's just understand you are going to be delivered out of it, but wait for it. And whatever promise you've been holding on to, wait for it. And whatever healing you've been contending for, wait for it. Whatever financial need or other need in your life you've been praying for, just wait for it. Hang in there. Let's stand together. I want to pray for us. Thank you for listening to Praise Center Sermon of the Week. Don't forget, for more information, visit PraiseCenterOnline.com.